we all have these boundaries, but we don't say anything about them. And then we expect someone else to just do what we want. Like, oh, how could they not know that that's rude to do that? But they're not thinking of that in the moment. Right. Because we're all kind of just thinking about ourselves. Welcome to the Stuff Up Podcast, a place where we delve into different topics to learn more about ourselves and more about others. If this is your first time listening to the Stuff Up Podcast, let me introduce myself. My name is Stephanie, and I started this podcast to learn from different people. I love listening to other people's experiences and stories, and it's very it's been helping me understand the world around me more. I find the more we listen to other people and kind of get outside our own heads and our own presuppositions, we can start to empathize as we listen to people and and understand that the world is not just about us and what we think it is. And for those of you who have been with me since day one, thank you so much. I appreciate all your support, your encouragement. It's really meant so much to me. Honestly, it's quite cathartic to just talk about different issues with different people, talk about my own experiences as well. It's it's basically like therapy. So this is the season finale. And like I told you, I am super excited for this because I have a very special guest today. You've got to have heard of Aaron Spelling. He was a TV producer. He did shows like Heart to Heart, Charlie's Angels Dynasty, 90210, Melrose Play, Seventh Heaven Charmed, all those kind of shows. And that was a lot of my childhood was 90210, my sister and I weren't allowed to watch it because <laughs> it was like a soap opera, a teen soap opera, but we did anyways. So I watched my guest on TV at that time. So I'm talking about Randy Spelling. Randy was on 90210. He was on Malibu Shores. He was on Sons of Hollywood. And it, actually, it was a few years ago. I I remember talking to my massage therapist, Julie. Hey, Julie. And we were talking about the 90210 reboot. And I, I decided, I was like, I'm going to Google and see what all the people are up to from that show. And I found Randy Spelling, and I found out that he's a life coach now. So I started following him on Instagram, and last year, he had an opening for a client. So I was able to to work with him for the last six months. And I got to say, Randy is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. He is kind supportive, encouraging. And it's really funny because we're actually quite similar in personalities. (laughs) And so a lot of times when I would share my experiences or what I was thinking or feeling, I know that he, he totally understood what I was referring to. And that's very helpful for me because over the years, especially when I worked at a bank, uh, people don't really understand if they're, if they're more maybe different type of personalities and they don't understand us sensitive people and why why we struggle with certain things. And uh, so it's really nice to surround yourselves with those kind of people who really have this understanding and and they don't judge you because they know what it what it's like. So I asked Randy if he would come on and talk about boundaries. I mean, it's such a, a huge topic. It's such an important topic. And it's something I think some of us more so than others really struggle with. So here's my conversation with Randy about boundaries. You are one of my favorite people. 
Oh, thank you. I love talking with you. And you know what's funny, though? When I first met you, I was really nervous because I was like, oh, my word, I'm going to be talking to Randy Spelling, who I used to watch on TV, and he was really cool. And I was really nervous because it's like somebody famous, but you have you have a way of just, you're like a normal person. <laughs> and I know that's probably weird to say. Well, tell me, tell me what you mean. Give some context to what you mean by that. By a normal person? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Sometimes when you think of, so you grew up as an actor and your dad was a producer. And sometimes when you hear people in Hollywood, they might think they're better than other people. Or I get really nervous about people who I think are maybe cooler than me. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I was expecting. Although I do, I have followed you on Instagram and I appreciate a lot of your videos and what you say. So I knew Mm -hmm. you weren't like that. I know what you mean, just because I look at other actors, actresses, celebrities, experts, in a way, and feel the same thing. There's this weird sort of, oh, they must be like this, or, oh, they're so cool, and I'm not. And I think what's so funny is, it doesn't mean that I never feel like that, but the one thing that I've learned in doing the type of work that I do with people and talking to so many different people from all walks of life is everybody has problems. That sounds really dismal, but it is. We all struggle on some level with something. There's no one that has the perfect life. And from the outside, we might look and go, oh, well, they have a lot of money or they can go on yachts or private planes or everything's so easy. While certain things might be easier for them, there are things that are harder for them. So I think it's a really important conversation and something really great to bring up is how we put people in this category and we don't need to because we all share so many similarities more than we share differences. That's true. I remember talking to you about this where I was feeling kind of nervous and just like I wasn't worthy enough. I struggle with that all the time. And so sometimes you see celebrities and yeah, you're right. They got this big house and this yacht and whatever, but they're human. They have problems too. And when stuff was coming out about talking about cancel culture and people maybe saying something online or just constantly posting online and they have to have their perfect lives and I wouldn't want to be on the in the tabloids and always having to deal with social media and knowing what to say. And you, know, you got haters no matter what. So that's such a really hard thing to navigate, I would imagine. It is. Yeah, it is. So I wanted to talk to you today about one of my favorite topics, boundaries. All right. Quite a broad topic and something you and I have discussed in our coaching. But I want to get your take. How would you explain boundaries to somebody who really doesn't know what you're what it means. I think we all have an idea of boundaries, but a lot of times people seem to have a reaction to that. Like, oh, boundaries. Either I'm not good at boundaries. I need better boundaries. I need to set boundaries and I don't. Or there's this idea of I'm an asshole or I'm I'm going to be this super bitch if I set boundaries. 
And it's not about that. Setting boundaries, in my opinion, is one of the most loving things we can do for ourselves. And it actually sets up successful relationships. So let's look at it like this. If you don't set boundaries and someone is walking all over you or they're crossing your invisible boundary, what happens? You don't feel good about that. And inside you go, oh, thank you, John, for crossing my boundary. And now I'm pissed off. But, you know, thank you so much. You're upset by that. And you have a dialogue inside. You might feel disrespected. You might feel not seen or not heard or invalidated in some way. And then resentment starts to build or anger comes as a result of that. So if you could actually say, you know what, when you use that word or when you say that, or when you don't listen to me, when we're talking and you're on your phone, I don't feel important around you. I don't feel seen. I, it seems like your attention is somewhere else. It's really important for me that if we're at lunch hanging out, we only get to see each other once every two months. Could you, would you be willing to put your phone away? Cause I really want to hang out with you and talk to you and see you. And for you, and you could even state why that makes me feel more connected. I would be super excited about that. So you're saying you're sort of asserting yourself and saying what you want so that the other person can come through for you. The problem is we all have these boundaries, but we don't say anything about them. And then we expect someone else to just do what we want. Like, oh, how could they not know that that's rude to do that? But they're not thinking of that in the moment. Because we're all kind of just thinking about ourselves. And I think a lot of us have that expectation. I know I did when I lived with roommates. (laughs) Some of them are not clean people. And I was like, come on, you should know that this is disgusting. But they didn't. So we all have those boundaries or what we think are boundaries and other people don't have the same expectation. So you mentioned being assertive. And I think that can sometimes come across. I know when I was young and people were assertive with me, I thought they were mean. I was like, why are they so mean to me? (laughs) But then I kind of learned, okay, well, they don't like this. I got to stop doing that. And now I understand that they were setting their boundaries. But assertive is such a, like, to me, it has a great connotation. But to some people, it can come across as mean or rude. Mm -hmm. But it can also be how people kind of are assertive because they can maybe be an angry assertive or. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing with boundaries. Like I was saying, sometimes there's a connotation of being that if someone set a very strong boundary with them, maybe as a child, they feel that they got run over or it feels badly. So they don't want to do that with other people because they don't want to hurt someone else. Right. So let's look at boundaries 2021, boundaries 20.21, right? Instead of like 2.0, is empathy, communication. There's a wit tonality. There's a way of saying something that feels very caring versus, no, I'm not going out tonight because I'm practicing self care and it's important for me to stay home. That feels bitchy. Oh, shoot. I've done that. <laughs> no, no, no. But listen, it's the way. It's the way. So if you say, you know what? Thank you so much for the invite. I would love that. Sounds great. 
and I've had a rough day and I just know that I'm not going to be present. I'm not going to be there with you. So I would much rather take a rain check. It's important for me tonight to just take a bath and lay low and practice a little bit of self-care. I hope you understand. Could we have a rain check? Right? There's something so much more open and vulnerable as opposed to just throwing it out there at someone. It's a little bit more palatable. Do you find that some people, if they're maybe, I know I'm like this, if they're not as articulate, trying to get the right words out and they get frustrated with that, it might come across as bitchy because they're just so frustrated that. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm not the only one. (laughs) No, no. I can't tell you how many people over the years have said that with me. Here's what I tell them. If you're someone who doesn't set boundaries, your pendulum is all the way to the left. Most of the time, the pendulum has to swing in the opposite direction. You don't have practice. It's new. Allow yourself, give a grace period for you to be a little bit clumsy. And you can even language that. Hey, my intention is not to be rude here. I'm practicing speaking up for myself because I haven't my whole life. So this might sound clumsy. Please forgive me. But I'm going to stay home tonight because it's really important to me and I need to get more sleep and I'm work. I'm eating a certain way and going out with everyone where you're eating this other way or you're drinking and I'm not drinking. That's going to be too hard for me. So I hope you understand. I'm, I'm not going to do that tonight. Right. That's good. Talk about it. Talk about the fact that it's clumsy. <laughs> I could have used you a few years ago. <laughs> When I worked at the bank and I was on the phones, I was so stressed all the time. And people would, they, I was known as like the one who, if you invite me out, I'd be like, I don't know. I'd either say yes and cancel later on, or I would just tell you the day of. I felt really frustrated because I felt like people didn't really, they were just, why are you having such a hard time? And they didn't know how anxious I was and how everything was hard. So mm-hmm. I would kind of latch out like, oh, leave me alone. <laughs> but yeah. like you said, it's it's a learning thing. And if you're more, if you're able to just say, Hey, I'm new at kind of this, and this is just what I'm trying to express to you. That's a way better thing than what I ever did. I would just get angry at people when they didn't understand. Yeah, I get it, right? It's the unexpressed and then not saying anything. It builds up all this pressure for you. And then it comes out in a way and everyone else is wondering. It reminds me, There was a period of my life where it was hard for me to hang out in places more than a few hours. Sometimes it was a couple hours. And I think it was just the stage of life I was at. You know, my kids were young and I had this little bubble of being home with them. I was tired. Right. So, on one hand, it felt really good to hang out with other adults. On the other hand, I just didn't have the capacity. And so I actually said to a group of friends, Hey, I just want to share something with you. I don't know if, if it's because I have an introverted tendency, like I'm pretty empathic and I'm, I can be pretty introverted. I think I was writing my book at the time and I was, I was really inward, right? I was searching for what needed to come out on the pages. 
And so I just said, because I think people could notice after a couple hours, I'm there, but I'm not there because I don't really want to be there anymore. So I just said, Hey, listen, I just want to be open and honest with you. I love hanging out with all of you, some of my favorite people in the world. And I, for whatever reason right now, have a almost a 90 minute to two hour capacity. And then I kind of trail off. I'm not here anymore. And I know that's my cue where I need to go have some alone time. So I just want to let you know that if you see that happening, or if I excuse myself early, it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with me not liking hanging out with you. It is all me having to take care of myself. And I watched everyone. My heart was beating as I said this because I thought, oh my gosh, that, you know, I'm not used to saying that. that am I going to be judged? Am I going to be kicked out of the tribe? I think I got hugs. Everyone was like, oh, Rand, come here. Of course, we would know. And there was such a warm reception. And I can't tell you how many people said, me too. Are you kidding? I'm awkward for the first 10 minutes. And then after an hour, I'm done. You know, I mean, so many people started sharing what it's like for them that I, I got a chance to see. It's okay to actually say that up front. So people know, in your case, Stephanie, if I say no tonight, it has nothing to do with you. And I love being invited. Please invite me because every fourth time when I say yes, I'm going to go out with you and have the best time and be so appreciative. Now, is it empathic or empathetic? I think I say both and I don't know which one's right. (laughs) I don't know right or wrong. Uh, I think there's two. I think you can be empathetic to someone or someone's situation. And then there is being empathic or being an empath, which is Oh, it depends. Okay. Yes. That makes more sense. I hate the word empathetic because it just sounds like pathetic and it, (laughs) but do you find there are certain personalities that have a more difficult time with boundaries? People, people who are empaths, empaths, uh, highly sensitive. Absolutely. Because we're afraid of other people's reactions, maybe. Well, yeah. Being highly sensitive means you're highly attuned to the world around you, to external stimuli. So as a kid, being that way, you're highly tuned into your parents, highly tuned into all stimulation around you. And so what happens is you're reading cues, verbal, nonverbal, physical, energetic. So you're picking up, you're taking on that energy and you're feeling it through your, your filters and interpreting that. So that leaves someone feeling pretty drained. Right. It's like someone who's a raw nerve when you have a toothache and it's going boom, 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 boom. After a while, you're going, Oh my, I'm tired. I need to rest. I have to recharge. My whole family is more like extrovert. And mm-hmm. I always felt like I was a black sheep because if we were out too much, my dad talks to everybody and he just talks forever. And I'd be like, Oh, can we just go? And I would start to get really angry and grumpy. And everyone's like, What's wrong with you? And I thought I had a mood disorder. And then I learned about introvert, highly sensitive empath. And I was like, oh, my life makes sense now. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that funny? For so many people, they feel a sense of relief, understanding more about themselves and their nature. Yes. It's amazing. I wish they would teach us in school. 
I think I learned about it when I was in my mid-20s. I was like, oh, thank you, God. There's actually a reason for why I'm like this. And it's not like I'm some crazy person, you know, it's that thought. Am I crazy? Yeah. When you say something and then other people, you find, oh, no, are people going to understand what I'm saying? Are they going to understand that I need boundaries or I need to leave or whatever? And then because you shared, other people are like, oh, me too. And there's that relief when, <laughs> when wow. you have other people understanding. And I think it's it's funny because I used to be super scared of telling people things, but now I kind of overshare, I guess. I'm very open about my, <laughs> my anxiety and issues. And I've had so many people come to me and say, I also struggle with this. And meanwhile, I thought I was the only one. I thought nobody would, I would just get like blasted because, well, how dare you have anxiety or whatever. I used to get kind of crapped on for that. But then you meet other people. And so <laughs> it's really nice when, when you kind of get that affirmation from people. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a shared experience. I think yeah. one of the scariest things is that idea. Will I be kicked out of the tribe? Oh, it's a real survival. We have that in us. I mean, as our ancestors and lineage that we came from, we're all living in tribes. And it's that idea of I'm going to be outcast is real. That's a real sense of fear. So a lot of times human beings make decisions without even realizing it based on social fear and expressing that and languaging it, saying that like, hey, I'm scared that you're not going to accept me, but I I really want to share this. Not all the time, but most of the time, it's amazing how surprised people are when they do that. And then they get feedback from other people saying very similar things. If you're speaking to somebody who has an understanding and they're like, okay, no problem. What happens when you are dealing with people who tend to be manipulative or they just are so completely clueless about boundaries? And I dealt with that. I had some neighbors who would try to manipulate and and make me feel guilty and kind of, I would freeze up. I would panic. I didn't know what to say back because the words that they were using, it kind of turned on me. How do you handle that kind of situation? Yeah. Do you remember the example of some of the words that they used? Well, okay. So this one lady was a Christian and I mean, I'm a Christian too, but she would use her faith to, I don't know if it's spiritual manipulation anyway. So she would say, if you had a car and she didn't have a car. So she goes, well, it's very, as Christians, we need to help each other out. And, you know, you have a car and you should drive me to all the time to get groceries because that's just a Christian thing to do. Or if I was out and she didn't have enough bus tickets to go get something, which is fine. I don't mind if people text me, hey, can you pick me up something from the grocery store? But she did it a lot. And she would use like, it's the Christian thing to do or since you're out anyways. But then she would complain if I went to the store that was maybe more expensive because I was right there. Then I wasn't about to go to a different store to get her cherries that were cheaper somewhere else. And she would have this like, oh, well, that's okay. That's okay. But you should have maybe gone to the other store. I don't know. She had this way of, yeah. I would just be like, wait, what's happening? And I would be so confused. Yeah, I understand why you'd feel like that. The using of anything, it is manipulative. I mean, it, it just is. 
also, I would say she's throwing out all kinds of bait. It's up to us if we take the bait or not. So the guilt factor is a you thing, even though she's doing that, you don't have to chomp on the bait. Right. It takes a self-dialogue of saying, oh, no, no, I see that. And I am not biting. Now, in retrospect, how could you answer that wasn't taking the bait? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. I think I did say like when she said, oh, well, something about I went to the wrong store. I think I just said like, I'm I'm not going out of my way to pick up something when I was right here. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. It was a few years ago now, but. Okay. Well, so with the example, if you're clear on your boundary, because it sounds like you were willing to pick her up to get the groceries or you're willing to get the groceries, but not go out of your way, Mm -hmm. right? Not drive. So that is a very clear boundary. Hey, happy to do this for you. And I'll agree to do it. But I'm not, I can go here. I'm not going to go there. Do you still want the cherries? Uh, Communication beforehand is key. It is. Right. Because then what you're doing is you're putting it on her. You're giving her the choice. Yes, happy to do it. Don't have to mention, well, now I'm a good Christian. <laughs> right? You're saying, hey, I'll do that for you. Sure. And I'm not going to go 15 minutes away. I can go here. So if I can go here and pick up the cherries, do you still want them? Let her say yes or let her say no. And if she says, well, yes, but it would have been better if you could get Say, yeah, I get it. And this is what I was available to do today. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's very matter of fact, because look at it like this. A decision becomes very easy if someone says, if I called you up and I said, hey, Stephanie, there's a piece of property that I want to buy out by the coast and I need 50 grand. Could you loan me 50 grand? What would your thought process be? First thought that you had? No. <laughs> because? I guess if it was like if I had a kid and they asked me, maybe. But if it's like a friend, I don't know. That's that's kind of because you with money and friendship, it's really you don't know that you can trust this person. Okay. And let me make it easier for you. If I said 500 grand. Would your answer, what's the first thought that you would have? Oh, no. (laughs) Because? Because that's a lot of money. And it's that person's responsibility, if they're going to buy property, that they should be the ones handling that situation, like handling, finding their own, either having the money or getting a mortgage or dealing with themselves. I mean, in all honesty, do you have 500 grand that you could Venmo me right now? No. (laughs) Right. So it makes the decision pretty easy, right? Yeah. Like, would you feel terrible and stay up at night thinking about the fact that you couldn't Venmo me 500,000? No. Right. So it's the same thing with it. You have a boundary of, hey, I'm not able to do this. It's very simple. The same thing with the cherries is if you get clear, and this is for all boundary setting, if you get clear what you can and can't do, what's acceptable to you and what's not, 
it's very clear. Oh no, I can't go to that other store today, but I can do this. Your call. It's very clear. Same as in relationships, right? Is we all could set more boundaries in relationships. If you know that someone saying the F word to your face and pointing in your face is a no-no for you, and you will not accept that, it's very clear. Hey, the next time you say that word and point your finger, I'm gone because that's not acceptable to me. It's very clear, right? It doesn't, there doesn't have to be that much around it. It's just very clear. Hey, I'll get the cherries here, but not over there. Okay. When I, I first read Boundaries by Dr. Cloud and Townsend, I don't know, when I was like 25. When I was four. (laughs) (laughs) If only. And I was like, whoa, boundaries. This is, it was so foreign to me. I, cause our family didn't, we didn't really have boundaries. And so I thought I figured it out. I thought, oh, this is so cool. I'm going to start integrating this. And then almost 20 years later, I'm like, oh, I guess I should read that book again because it takes time. And then also as you change and grow, you won't accept as many things as you then did. Do you find it, it takes people a very long time? And maybe yes. many times to get <laughs> to figure this out. It does. It's a process for anyone who has not been good at setting boundaries. And I want to say that differently. Who hasn't had practice? It's not, you're not good at, right? Because I, I think for someone who isn't good at setting boundaries, even saying not good, not good enough, let's just take that, remove it. Right. Just even have practice, right? It's like a little child going to the piano and being upset. They don't play like Beethoven, but you haven't done it. The more you practice, the easier it becomes. It is just putting in the practice. There's no magic button or magic pill to shortcut that. It just takes you doing it more and more until it becomes easier. It becomes second nature. It's also advocating for yourself. So look at it like this. Setting boundaries is a another form of self-love. And I think self-love in the self-help community and I don't know, metaphysical, spiritual idea of it, it all sounds good. And we all are like, yeah, self-love, self-love. But it's so nebulous. It's really this intangible, like I need to love myself more. But how exactly? Setting boundaries is a huge drop in the bucket for self-love because it's a loving act to advocate for yourself, especially because as children, we're not good at advocating for ourselves. We don't know how to do that yet. Right. Do you find that that's the biggest hurdle people have is that they don't understand that it's about self-love? Yes. Boundaries are more about how you're going to look how you're going to sound, how you won't be liked, what's going to happen to you as a result. Is someone going to take their love off the table? Are they going to be angry? Are they not going to like you? Are they going to defriend you? All of those things, that's really just fear. It gets in the way of you advocating for yourself, which yes, is a form of self-love. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest hurdles I had because I didn't I didn't think I was worthy enough. I didn't think like I didn't like myself. And so I would always giving to others, but I would get angry (laughs) and I feel violated in a way. 
oh, I'm always giving. But it's not that I'm giving because I'm angry about it. So it's not, I remember somebody talking about that. It's not really giving of yourself because you're not doing it out of love. You're doing it out of, you don't want somebody to be mad at you or you think you're doing right, but you're actually really angry about it. So that's not, it's not done in a good way. Right. It's not pure. And there is backstock of there's sort of a a penalty for doing that. You give, but then what do you have to deal with as a repercussion of that? Exactly. And it can be scary for people who don't understand, can't communicate very well. Because like I said, I get tongue tied and I freeze when I don't, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) I get confused. And like two days later, I'm like, oh, I should have said this. I was told by somebody else that that's most like, that's everybody. And I was like, really? Some people are really good at knowing what to say. But is that just in TV? I don't know. I used to say to my mom when I was little, I want to talk like them. And she goes, that's scripted. That's TV. (laughs) Well, And what exactly are they doing that you want to emulate? Just they would talk like they'd know what to say. You know, when you're watching TV and they're just having this wonderful conversation and they're like, they have this wonderful response. (laughs) Right. That is TV because they're editing out the spaces and the pauses and... You know, um, going, let me think about that. (laughs) But I will say this. I remember when I first started coaching and I was uh, in my training program and we had to have mentor coaches. And my mentor coach was a woman named Lynn Allen. She was wonderful. And I remember her talking and she had this Southern accent from when we were... It just she always had words and she sounded eloquent and she asked questions in a beautiful way. And I said to her one day, Lynn, how am I ever going to be like this? And she laughed and she said, oh, my dear, you'll get there. I've been doing this for 20 years or 18 years. And I just thought at the time, no, I won't. And funny enough, now I train other coaches and people who say the same thing to me. And I say, you'll get there. I've now done this for 14, 15 years. I put it in time. You will get there because if you practice this, you practice communicating, you put in the time, you'll get there. Oh, that's really nice to hear because yeah, when I'm coaching with you and you always seem to know what to say and I'm like, oh, he's so smart. He knows what to say all the time. Why can't I be like that? <laughs> it's practice. So, it's nice and to know that you also started out. <laughs> I don't know what to say all the time. Maybe sometimes I just trust enough that words are coming out and I let it happen before I was in my head so much. And I think that's what changes is you start to trust. If you set boundaries, twice and it's really uncomfortable, it's going to be difficult for the first few. And then you do it 10 times, 20 times, and you realize your life hasn't ended. You haven't gotten severely hurt. Nothing truly horrible has happened. Maybe there was an uncomfortable confrontation once or twice, but you know nothing terrible has happened. The brain goes, we can relax a little bit. We got you. You're able to communicate and you're going to be okay. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. I'm really glad you say that because I've been struggling with being in my head too much. And I'm always, I'm always so worried about things. Uh, and I think 
well, that's one of the things we've been working on, but I'll worry, oh, what if I say this and they say that, what happens? And then, and then you get more anxious and then everything is just like multiplied. Whereas I've had situations when I kind of just maybe was so caught up in the moment where I wasn't in my head and I was like, hey, I was able to say this and it it was fine. (laughs) So when you have those moments, it's very exciting because you're like, oh, good. I got through that, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think it was Byron Katie, right? That has the four questions of, is this true? Is it really true? Is it a fact? Yeah, I heard that recently. Oh my word, that's so funny you said that. I totally forgot about that. Because my friend and I, she was going through something and I said, well, are you, do you know that to be true? Oh, I think it was Hal Elrod. I was listening to a podcast by Hal Elrod and he was talking about that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my word, I do that all the time where I think somebody like totally hates me. And then it was like, do you know this to be absolutely true? And I was like, oh, I don't. (laughs) Exactly. And it's so funny because the reticuli, you know, the part of the brain that is that what it's called? I think so. Where once you see something, like if you're looking for evidence in one way, you will start to gather the evidence for that. I mean, we see this in worldview, beliefs, religion, politics. Confirmation all, bias. Right? Same oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like that is the brain, because there were probably experiences early on in childhood where someone crossing your boundary or trying to assert yourself didn't go well. In fact, it was scary. Like, well, my parents disown me. Do they not like me? Were they going to take their love off the table? Are they super angry? Am I in trouble? Are they disappointed? So that starts to build this this reaction in the nervous system, this hyper-reactivity of now if I just say this to a friend something really traumatic is going to happen. And of course, it probably won't, but you have to change that patterning and it changes with practice so that you can bring more evidence. Because if you don't set boundaries, you don't have evidence of it working. And all you think is that time, even if it's not conscious, the mind scans back to that time that you felt like you were going to die when you said something and got a spanking and got sent to your room. Like, ouch, terrible. My parents were upset with me and had such a bad look on their face as a child. That's like cutting the umbilical cord. It's terrible. Doesn't mean that the parents were terrible or wrong, or it just means that this is how we store the trauma. There's some attachment stuff there and we have to rework this so that we can gather the new evidence that says, wait, I've set boundaries. 10 times in the last year. And actually, I thought it was going to go really bad. And it wasn't so bad. Actually, it turned out really well in these three scenarios. So you can bring that to the new boundary setting. That's what I find exciting about getting older. You know, how people complain, oh, I'm getting old. Yeah. But it's actually exciting because I'm like, oh, I would not want to go back to teen years, my 20s, my 30s even. I'm like, oh, No, I'm glad I'm where I am because I'm learning and it's very exciting to just, you know, it feels like light bulbs go off. Oh, good. I have a better understanding of this now. And I just, I think that's super exciting. I don't know why people always get upset about getting older. Well, I will. Unless you're getting older and you don't learn more and you're just like grumpy. 
<laughs> oh, you're right, though. It's funny that you're making this point because I was just thinking this the other day. I had this really strange interaction. I'm going to out myself here and say something really <laughs> embarrassing. But I went to this store and we went to get these specific things. I was with my wife and, and two children. And then we go out, we're driving away. And this one cream that we went to get, my daughter said, no, we didn't get you put it back. And I thought, oh, ugh. so I turned back around, went into the store, got the cream. And the guy said to me, oh, cool. I was wearing short sleeve and I have this sacred geometric tattoo on my forearm. And he said, oh, cool ink or whatever. And I was, I just wasn't present, right? I was thinking about, we have to get home and they're waiting in the car and it's hot. And so I said something really kind of awkward and silly. I said, oh yeah. Well, and I launched into the story about it. Well, it was stippling and they did this, but the first time it got messed up. And, and I realized as I'm saying this, I'm thinking, Randy, why are you saying this? You can just respond with cool. Thanks. Do you have any, or, you know, say something else. And I didn't, and I launched in the story and then he was sort of looking at me funny and I went, okay, thanks. Bye. And I walked out. Now here's the deal. 10 years ago, I would have totally beat myself up for doing that and then not let myself off the hook, like really kind of judge myself. What's wrong with you? Why did you do that? That's so awkward. It's so weird of you. Are you weird? And so I just go on and on. Yeah. And by the time I got to the car, I had this full acceptance of, okay, that was weird. Like you weren't present. Your mind was somewhere else. And you launched into a story because you didn't know what else to say. Fine. He's not going to lose sleep over it. He's on to the next thing. Big deal. It's okay. And I let oh. it go. But yeah. that's the bonus of getting older is I think with age, you start to go, you know what? This shit doesn't matter anymore. Someone else, that's not affecting their day. They're not going to go home and go, that question that I asked that guy, he gave me such a weird response. And because it probably wasn't even that weird. I yeah. made it out to be this weird, awkward thing. And it probably wasn't even that bad. That's like those stories you see on, I don't know, Reddit or something or the memes. And it's the waitress says, oh, have a good day. And you're like, love you too, or something. Or I remember I called when I worked on the phones, I called somebody back and uh -huh. I left a message on their machine. And I was like, thank you for calling. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm so stupid. But yeah, I was the same way. Like when I was younger, I would literally lose sleep over it because I was lying awake going, oh, you're so stupid. Why did you say that? Why did you do it? And now I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> exactly. It's right. Great. So that's the beautiful thing with age is you get to let go of some of these things because you realize it doesn't matter. Yeah. And you can laugh about it. And you're like, oh, that's what's one of the things that's great about social media and the internet is <laughs> when people share these stories, you're like, oh, good. I'm not the only dork around here. We're all dorks in, in some way or other, right? Totally. I actually, I asked my friend if she had any questions and she had the same question that I was going to ask you too. And I was like, sweet. So do you think that there's different cultures like is, is boundaries more maybe a North American type thing? Because there's certain cultures that really they don't seem to have as many boundaries, especially when it's like kids can't really say anything to their parents, even when they're adults. Do you find that or do you know? Yeah, it changes in different cultures. There are some cultures that I've heard. So let me say this. 
there are many differences in cultures, but there are also some similarities. So it's yeah. not a across the board. Yes, it's totally different in other countries. What I have seen though is depending on your country of origin, some people just say what's on their mind, right? I've had some Italian friends, clients over the years where everyone just lets it fly at the dinner table or in discussions and it's, you know, what's on everyone's mind. Yeah. My best friend's Hungarian and she said, oh, we say it like it is, but in North America, like it's people get offended and right. especially in Canada, we're kind of passive aggressive. Oh, you know, right. too polite. But I said, I, I kind of wish that we were like that because we don't get a whole lot done where we just, we're very passive aggressive with each other and like, oh, just say it, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's amazing how it changes from culture to culture. But I still think even people, let's say the culture says it like it is, that doesn't mean that people are great at setting boundaries. There's a difference. Someone could express their opinions, but advocating for their self or saying, I don't like when you say that. That hurts my feelings. Could you say that differently? Not everyone is saying that because they're still trying to fit in with what is socially acceptable, either within the family or within friend groups. So again, you have that human aspect that's still trying to fit in. So someone might be outspoken, but they're not saying exactly what's going on for themselves. That's true. When you're dealing with clients and you're helping them set boundaries, what are some some steps or like small ways that they can kind of ease into it? Or how do you kind of help them navigate through that? Sure. I, first and foremost, it's clarity of self. So what are you feeling? What are you experiencing in the moment? Very hard to set a boundary if you don't know where you are at, right? It's look at it like, like this. Maybe a good example here is you could look at boundaries as state lines, right? Or county lines. There's a sign. There's a delineation. You are crossing over into a different area. But if we aren't clear on what that is, it's going to be crossed all the time. So we have to become really clear what our boundary is. To do that, we first have to know, where do I stand on this? What is okay for me in this relationship? Or what is okay for me in this situation? And what's not? And write it out. Something that I suggest is write it. Don't just think it. Because our minds are so active anyway that it, we can have the thought, we can do the exercise and it's gone in two seconds. Mm. Is actually prompt yourself by saying, okay, what am I feeling about this? How am I feeling? Write it down. It doesn't have to be a paragraph. You could write down a word or maybe a sentence. Then from that answer, then you say, how do I advocate for myself? What do I need? Once you get that answer, the third prompt is, how do I say that in the most clear and loving way? That's good. Thank you so much, Randy. This was a lot of fun chatting with you again. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to talk to you, Stephanie. So there you have it, my conversation with Randy Spelling. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. It was a lot of fun chatting with you, and I really appreciate it. 
Check out Randy at randyspelling.com. Follow him on Instagram and Facebook. You will not be disappointed. He has such beautiful posts and videos and he goes live sometimes and I've just learned so, so much from him and it's it's encouraging on a day when you're you're wondering, oh, you're down and you're wondering, can I even do this? I, I felt a lot of the topics are just on point on those days when I needed it. So thank you, Randy. So this ends season one of the Stuff Up podcast. I will be back. I said I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> I <laughs> Sorry. I said I'll be back in August, but I might be back sooner. Honestly, I'm so unsure of what I'm doing right now. I'm kind of, I'm working on a few things. Uh, actually, keep an eye out on my social media. Uh, my children's book is coming out soon called What Should Dragon Do? I think it's hilarious. It's a kid's book for ages three to five. I sent it to some of my friends. And <laughs> uh, they thought it was funny, but uh so check out my social media for, for when that's coming out. I want to thank you all so much for your support. It's it's It means a lot to me. So when I start up season two, which could be sooner than August, I'm not sure at this point. Uh, but I think I'll be, I'll still be doing maybe a, a few bonus episodes in between season one and season two. I have one coming out with JR from WV Uncommonplace. But also, you know, sometimes I randomly think of things and I decide to do like just speak into the microphone and say what's on my mind. So stay tuned for that if you're interested. <laughs> I, uh, I kind of like to do that where I just, oh, I got a thought in my head. I got to I got to say this. It's it's very helpful for me to talk these things through. And I'll probably still be posting on my blog. I haven't done that for a while. Uh Sometimes it's a little hard, you know, you get a little burnt out and sometimes the last few months my brain has been kind of foggy again and anxiety has come up and I got to be more intentional about that. Check me out on social media, stuff up underscore podcast on Instagram, stuff up podcast on Facebook and my blog is stuffuppodcast.com. You can email me at stuffuppodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or any comments let me know. Um, I'm already talking to people about next season, what what episodes we're going to do. Uh, if you have any ideas, if you have any topics that you want to talk about or people that you want to hear from, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. That would be amazing. So once again, thank you so much. You guys are amazing. I hope you go out there and make it a great day. Bye. Bye.